Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to Gather and Go, the podcast that helps you plan, promote, and lead better trips. I'm Brian Jewell. I am your host, and I am totally pumped that you decided to spend some time with us today. And as always, our promise to you is that we're going to do everything we can to make that investment of your time worth your while. Today, we're going to do that in a featured conversation with Bola Idibapo of the Two Fly Foundation. Now, you may not know much about Two Fly, but if you listen to this conversation, you are going to be enlightened, you are going to be encouraged, and you may just find yourself inspired to get involved with the incredible work they're doing. So you do not want to miss that conversation. Before we get to that, though, let's start with some travel news you may have missed. Now, the city of Monterey, California, is making it more difficult for cruise lines to visit their destination. City Council voted last month to eliminate its passenger landing services for incoming cruise ships. Now, this move doesn't exactly ban cruise ships entirely, but it means that ships will have to uh, basically drop anchor in Monterey Bay and then tender passengers to land if they want to call there. And the cruise lines are also going to have to hire staff at the ports to process passengers who are landing at the public dock. Now, city leaders have been clear that this measure is aimed at stopping cruise arrivals to the bay, which is one of the country's largest national marine sanctuaries. Monterey City Manager Hans Uslar wrote in a report, quote, It is my hope that this step will signal to the cruise ship industry that they are no longer welcomed by our city, end quote. Now, there are some cruise arrivals planned for Monterey this spring. We will see what the cruise lines decide to do. Well, now it's time for the road tip segment of our show. Uh, This is the point in every episode where we dip into uh, our bag of travel tricks and uh, share some tips that we think might help you plan better trips and operate with less hassle as you go. So my tip for today is this. If there is a document, if there is a piece of identification, if there is anything that is important to your trip before you go, save it to the cloud. That's right. The cloud, of course, refers to uh, basically off-site computer servers all over the world that can uh, store basically anything you want to store. And I found it so helpful to store stuff to the cloud when I'm getting ready to travel. Let me tell you about some of the things that I have stored to the cloud. I have my passport. I have my wife's passport, my kids' passports. Copies of those are all stored in my Dropbox account. You can save your driver's license. You can even save a scan of your birth certificate to the cloud. But of course, there are many other things that would be helpful to have on a trip as well. You can save copies of your itinerary, your flight information, hotel confirmation, maybe your travel insurance policy, anything that would be helpful to have in case of emergency. Save it to the cloud and you can have it basically whenever you want it. Now, you can do this through a travel planning app. There are certainly some great apps out there that help you gather all your itineraries and information in one place. I use some of those and they're fantastic, but you can also use something as simple as Dropbox, Google Drive, Microsoft OneDrive, any sort of a file sharing or saving platform you want will do for this. Here's why I think this is important. Hopefully you go on trips and have a great time and you never lose your phone or your phone never runs out of batteries, or you never lose your luggage, or you never misplace your carry-on. Hopefully those things don't go wrong, but sometimes 
things just don't work out the way you hoped on a trip. And if you were to lose one of those important things, you would hate to be stranded without the really important documentation and identification that you need to finish your trip well, get yourself back home and make sure everything goes as it should. Here's the beauty about cloud apps. If you have saved all this stuff in the cloud, even if you've lost your phone or your phone's out of batteries, you can get to that information from basically any device. You can borrow your friend's phone. You can borrow your friend's laptop. You can use a laptop in a business center at a hotel. You can use uh, the hotel's computer. Basically, any device that has internet access. If you remember your cloud login, your password information, then you can get to your Dropbox or your Google Drive, whatever you use, and retrieve that critical information. Now, as I said, hopefully you'll never have to use this information in the cloud. But when you do, if it ever happens on a trip, you will be glad that you saved your critical information there. It will save you a lot of hassle, a lot of headache, and make what could be a travel catastrophe simply a travel inconvenience. That's your road tip of the week. Well, hey, before we get going any further, I want to take a second to share a little bit of news from us. You know, if you are like many travel planners, you may have found that uh, one of the most challenging parts of a trip can be the long stretches of time on the motor coach as you move from one destination to another. Now, certainly there are things you can do to fill this time. You could play movies, you could play music, you could get up and talk or your tour director could get up and talk. But we know from talking to many, many, many of you over the years that one of the most popular things to do with groups is actually play games on the motor coach. And if you're like many group leaders, you are always on the lookout for some great group games to play during that time. Well, did you know that the group travel leader actually has the industry's best collection of group games and we make it available to you absolutely free? Yeah, that's right. On our website, we have dozens and dozens and dozens of fantastic group games that we have compiled over the years, and they are there for you to download completely free of charge. You don't even have to give us an email address. It's just an amazing resource and service that we offer to you. So if you want access to dozens of group games that are going to help you fill that time on the motor coach, simply go to grouptravelleader.com slash group dash games and you can access them right there. And of course, we'll put that link in the show notes as well. So you can get to it any time you want. Take advantage of that and have a better time on the road with your groups. Well, it's just about time for us to get into our featured conversation with Bola Idibapo. Now, as we talk, you're going to hear us talking a lot about students. We're going to talk about high school students, talk some about college students, and you may be thinking, well, uh, Brian, that's not the market that I'm in. I don't lead student group tours. I am involved in adult groups. But I want you to listen anyway. And there are a couple of reasons. Uh, number one is that uh, students are the future. And uh, today's student travelers become tomorrow's adult travelers. And so the things we do to help give students travel opportunities are going to pay off for us in future customers. But number two, today's student travelers might just be tomorrow's tourism industry leaders. And so this is a conversation that may not be directly related to how you take adult groups on trips today, but it is certainly related to the health and future of our industry long term going forward. Not to mention, it's just a hugely inspiring story. I can't wait to share it with you. Before we get there, though, let me encourage you to stick around to the very end of the interview, because 
at the end, I have some thoughts about this new development in Monterey and the message it sends to travelers. And I'm going to share my thoughts with you in today's hot minute. You won't want to miss that. We'll be right back with Bola Idibapo. All right, everybody. My guest today is the co-founder and executive director of the Two Fly Foundation, an organization that helps underprivileged students to experience the power of travel in spite of economic barriers. Since 2016, her foundation has helped more than 250 students to see the world by providing travel grants and passport scholarships. She's also pursuing a law degree at the University of Texas with a focus on education and nonprofit law. Bola Bapo, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you, Brian. I am so excited to have you here. I came across Two Fly Foundation uh, late last year when I was uh, researching some other topics and uh, it lit me up. I loved the idea of what you're doing and I thought we've got to bring uh, these folks on the podcast to let them tell their story because I think it's really important. So can you give us sort of the origin story? Where did the idea of Two Fly Foundation come from? Yeah. Um, thanks again. Um, so to fly, the idea came from a text thread <laughs> with me <laughs> and my co-founder, Brandon Miller. Um, at the time, Brandon and I were in a young black professional networking group. Um, at the time he had his, um, um, own lifestyle Brandon, they were raising, uh, funds for passport scholarships. And that conversation led to us just exchanging, um, stories about when we studied abroad um, in college and our opportunities of uh, traveling after graduation. And oftentimes, you know, the thread of the story is we were often the only black student in our program or we would go somewhere and our student cohort group was maybe the only black people around that were traveling, that were tourists, you know, just exchanging what that meant, that experience did to us as young black students and from there, as we were talking, I literally looked at Brandon and I said, you know, this fu this fundraising, like you should do a happy hour and call it the two fly fundraiser or the two fly happy mm -hmm. hour. And literally that is how two fly started. It was two people that love travel that were impacted by travel. And then it quickly became this what we think like a national grassroots thing. So we started doing fundraising and awareness in Dallas and then in New York and Washington and Chicago and DC. And we were um, really building in the community, the importance of travel for young people, but we were also getting the same story from our attendees that they were the, they didn't get to travel until they were in high school or way older. And, um, you know, we just really realized the bridge that we were gapping and eventually two fly became the two fly foundation with many more outreaches and impacts that we've done um, throughout, um, our community and nation. Yeah. Uh, that's wonderful. Uh, I want to talk more about something you mentioned. You said you got the opportunity to study abroad, um, as a student. I did as well. I credit that with so much uh, formative work in who I am as a person, who I am certainly as a professional. Uh, can you tell us some more about your personal passion for travel? Tell us about that study abroad experience, other travel experiences you had and how they shaped you. Yes. Um, in my senior year and in, in college, I was like, when am I ever going to be able to just live somewhere <laughs> for a while? And I was fortunate enough 
between scholarships and just um, family support. Went to Buenos Aires, um, Argentina, first semester. I was a Spanish minor. And so, you know, there's no better way of learning a language but getting immersed. And it was just amazing. It was both a eye-opening, amazing, bittersweet moment. Um, it's mm. amazing just to be in this big city, learning the language, eating the food. It, um, and then also, once again, that that same experience of, you know, being one of the only Black students in my, um, you know, cohort group was super interesting and or even just walking around and I, you know, I stuck out, you know, um, tall, um, you know, mm-hmm. um, and everything like that. And and even just the history of race in Argentina was so eye opening and it made me evaluate how I even associated our history here in the United States. But all that to say, going abroad and getting that independence, learning a sense of independence that I didn't know that I had navigating a city on my own was life changing. Um, mm. Those things, you know, greatly, greatly shaped me greatly. Mm. You know, it's funny. Uh, my experience parallels that in so many ways. I was a Spanish major and I uh, spent a semester in Mexico and I distinctly remember uh, walking down the street one day. I was, I was alone that day and it occurring to me that I was the only white person on that street. (laughs) And, and that's an experience I never have in the U S I mean, you know, certainly up to that point in my life, it, it had just never occurred to me. And so it wasn't, it wasn't bad, but it was definitely this new thing of like, Oh wow. Everybody here that I walk by notices me. They might be wondering what I'm doing. It, you know, at least I'm, I'm on their radar in a way that's uncommon. And it, it definitely sort of gave me a little bit of a a perspective that I was never, ever going to get at home. And and I think whether, you know, uh, whether you're white, black, or, or race isn't an issue in the place that you're visiting. Just having those kinds of opportunities uh, gets you outside of your normal experiences and gives you some empathy, gives you some perspective. And uh, that's got to be life-changing. Uh, tell us about the students that you are serving, uh, how you identify them, and who you're really trying to impact in the work you do. Yeah. Um the students that we're impacting, um, we say we are tapping into students who are unrepresented and under-resourced. So on one end, you'll see statistically study abroad, you know, the students that are making up studying abroad students, um, black and brown students are single digit percentage of those opportunities. But we also understand that financial, you know, the biggest barrier to stepping on a plane is, you know, that financial privilege. So the students Mm -hmm. that we really are helping are the students that, you know, they're the first in their family to have a passport. They're the first in their family to let alone leave their state, their country, but city or state. So these are students that don't even realize that travel is an opportunity for them. Um, and, you know, and the two things that Two Flight does, we, we equip, that we expose the idea of travel and saying that this is a gift that is for you, that's available to you and we want to give to you. Um, and just spark that even thought. And then two, we mm. equip them by giving them the resources that they need to study abroad. So middle school through undergrad, um, college level, as long as they are traveling for educational purposes and they have a huge financial need and low exposure to the opportunity, that's who we're specifically making sure that, you know, we're broadening their horizons. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to know more about um, what those conversations are like uh, when you're reaching students 
who never thought travel was a possibility for them. What's that conversation like with them? But also, you know, it's not just the student that's impacted. Mm -hmm. Uh, The family is part of the conversation. The community is part of the conversation. So walk us through, you know, what that is like from, you know, meeting a student uh, to them actually being able to go on a trip with, you know, the blessing and the support of the people in their lives. Yeah. So one, right. One, it's a courageous conversation with the students, right. They're apprehensive Mm -hmm. because maybe they've never seen anybody like them, obviously starting with their family leave. Right. And there's this fear that they're either not welcome or it's just way too different. Um, And so it's encouraging them that like, you're going to be able to try something really cool and something that you've never seen. And, um, you know, that's even why we started, uh, we created outside of our travel grants and passport scholarships, our flight academy outreach, where it's like this pep rally, high level energy style, where we're just introducing the idea of travel. We're doing like travel trivia and now they're Mm -hmm. starting to spark. And then we also created travel at home, which is a virtual curriculum. And that was a huge example where students are virtually traveling to Japan. And now we have this sixth grader that's like, wow, I've never been to Japan. And their parents are even saying, you know, they interacted with our curriculum and now just idea like they're like, it's a possibility. Right. It's Mm. it's it's something I can also tap into and and own and discover. It's not this isolated kind of like out there, cloudy, mysterious, scary thing when people say, oh, you know, don't go over there because you're going to get hurt or don't go over there because the food's weird or don't go over there because people weird. And, you know, and so it's first breaking down that wall of this big, scary thing and realizing this is actually really a really cool, beautiful moment for you. Um, but then the second thing is, you know, we see it. Okay. That's cool. But I don't, how am I going to pay for that? Right? right. And that's where we know where we come in. And so one story that I'm thinking of, um, one of my favorite, his name is uh, Thomas and he went to Japan and um, his, his family is a Latino family and mom working like multiple jobs, dad sick. And he himself, even when he was in high school, was working. And, you know, this was one of those moments where it's like if he does not have the support that he needs, he's not going to go. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool because we still te- keep in touch now. And, you know, Japan is tech city, you know, tech world. Yeah. And now he's on this pursuit. And during college right now, putting himself through college, but to be, you know, a mechanical engineer. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing like that is our hope. Something that I always say is you're not going to build tomorrow CEO or next top chef or fashion guru, you know, when you're older. Not to say that, you know, things can change, but, you know, we're old, you know, we're right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But if you can get that kid now, you know, just seeing stories like Thomas where it's like, wow, he saw the robots, he saw the technology and now he's back home and he wants to aspire to do that in his own life. Um, those are the stories that we're starting to see. Wow. That's amazing. So, um, do you find that when, uh, students get connected with your organization and realize that there are people out there that can help make what seems impossible possible, uh, does that sort of open up something in their mind? Does it open up something in the family's attitude? Does it kind of rally people around saying, oh yeah, we, we could do this. Let's go for it. Let's try to do this. Yes, um, exactly. This is exactly it. I mean, at the end of the day, 
what we are telling students by putting a passport in their hand is multiple things. We're telling them that you deserve to have cool experiences that other kids have. And obviously we know it's a financial privilege and we don't think that you should not get this privilege because you can't afford it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. We, we say, and another thing, especially when we're talking with these black and brown students, you know, it, it sounds like it's kind of, you know, trying to be too deep, but when you put a passport in a student's hand, you know, if you think about it, a passport is a document that a, a citizen has. Right. And so we're mm-hmm. telling these yeah black and brown students that you have ownership in this country and you have space in this country that may make you feel marginalized, but you also have the freedom to go explore the whole world if you choose. Mm. Right. And so it's us encouraging them to take up space wherever they are and to explore and don't feel as though it's weird to, you know, explore different places that are, you know, uh, 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 different things and different tastes and senses. And, you know, and um, it's impactful. They're coming back open-minded. They're coming back better students and engaged. There's statistics that show that they have a higher likelihood of graduating. Yeah, that's amazing. Is it fair to say that a student who uh, goes abroad and spends time abroad and gets comfortable being in that new place, in that new culture, comes back with an attitude that kind of says there is nowhere where I don't belong. Like I I have the right to feel comfortable anywhere. For sure. And, you know, I know. And the reason why I feel like I can say that is because that's what happened to me, but it's more so of saying, not only can I go where I belong, but even when someone tries to make me feel like I don't belong, I have the confidence in myself and I have the assurance in myself that I do. And that's that's the hope that we're we're giving students that they don't feel like they have to kind of put themselves in this corner, but they can have the boldness to venture out. Yeah, uh, I love that. And to keep going down that road a little bit, I think there are a lot of people, uh, certainly people listening to this podcast who may be um, a lot like me in a similar background, similar life position who look at the world, look at America, look at all the conversations we're having right now and say, you know what, I realize that there are a lot of things that happened in the past that were not right and are continuing to reverberate and they impact some people in really terrible ways. But when we talk about, you know, a way forward, sometimes those conversations can be really squishy. You know, it can be really hard to, to sort of get your hands on something tangible that, you know, is, is a direct impact uh, that, that people can have if they want to make a difference. Can you speak to the role that travel mm-hmm. can play specifically in those conversations about race and privilege and opportunity and, you know, moving us forward in a tangible and constructive way? Right. Thank you for that question. You know, that in particular, right, we believe at Two Flight that we are bridging gaps of equity and inequity, right? And particularly, we say travel, which translates to educational opportunities, right? And it's when we're talking about travel, it's a specific space in this educational opportunities. Um, and is that to say that there aren't students from all backgrounds that don't have this opportunity? Of course not. But when we're really zeroing out about the disproportion of numbers, right, the students that are heavily being left out are our black and brown students. 
And our thing is how can we bridge that gap? So think about it, right? Like we got to travel we, both of us while we were younger. And now when we're sitting in front of our employer or whatever networking group, right? We're able to have these conversations. But then you have these students that feel like they can't fit in or they or they don't have these experiences. That's one thing. Or just even besides that, like just even the opportunity of, you know, gaining the skills that they need as better communicators, um, mm. and, um, interpersonal connections and learning how to, you know, interact with people and having those opportunities, or if we want to even, you know, be really deep, if we want to look at the travel industry, right. That if we go up the chain and we look at leadership that are predominantly white male, if, a, if usually those people probably have been exposed to travel and some thing, right. But what would happen if we have a more diverse group of young people that are exposed to travel, what would that do to the travel industry and the travel experience for, because there are, there's a diverse leadership in the future, right? And I think sometimes, you know, when we're trying to attack these solutions and problems, we, we're not digging back further enough. And to us, we, you know, mm. we are investing in something that we probably won't see the fruit of, for another 10 years, but even now we're seeing when these students are coming back and they're saying, you know, I did a presentation. I wasn't even scared anymore because, you know, we know that them going out into a country they've never been in before <laughs> and, you know, and, and learning to survive and, and being adaptive translates to them being a better student and eventually a better, you know, contributor in whatever industry they end up going into. Yeah, that's great. You know, it's uh, it's interesting to me that you mentioned uh, tourism leaders uh, because I, I've been in in tourism circles for about twenty years now, and uh, in my experience, the the ratio of people in leadership who spent time in a study abroad situation uh, is far above the ratio that you would find in the general population. So, you know, those kinds of travel experiences are hugely formative in getting people into the pipeline of saying, "Hey, wait a minute, there's a career opportunity here." It's not just that. I had a fun trip or that I learned some things, I gained some self-confidence, like that's, that's great. But there's actually a pathway here to a career that is incredibly fulfilling and could take me around the world. And I could be an entrepreneur. I could launch a business. I could, you know, be a tourism ambassador for my city, my state, my country. I mean, it's, it's incredible how much of that starts uh, with that experience when you're young. And it, there's also this common language, right? I mean, you and I, we've never met uh, okay. before this conversation and you know, statistically, we would be unlikely to cross paths or maybe unlikely to have a whole lot in common. But because we've both had these formative travel experiences, we can just like dive into this shared vocabulary, this shared conversation. And that's one of those things that people don't have unless they get to travel. Uh, right. And it seems to me that anything we can do to make those opportunities more available to more people only makes our industry better. So can you share some more thoughts about how getting students travel opportunities could impact the travel industry uh, for the better? Yeah. Travel industries, travel companies being honest, right? Like if we say we want to make long lasting, long lasting changes, what are we really willing to invest in? And sometimes it's like a hard conversation, honest conversation that we have to have. And it's that ripple effect. It's, you know, 
people that are in the industry and lead the industry have these experiences to speak from. Um, and, and also the travel experience and the people that are traveling are becoming more diverse, right? Like Mm. we're seeing more, uh, people of different races going to different countries or whatever. And it's not, you know, as taboo, but the leaders are the ones that are also shaping that experiences for them. Right. And so having young people travel and know what it means to step on the plane and how it felt when that flight attendant or that travel agent helped them or didn't help them, or just Mm -hmm. even simply students that are going abroad and they're learning, what does it mean to think differently or to at least understand that the person across from me thinks differently than I, and I have to be open-minded and learn how to adjust, right? Those are the people that we want leading any type of industry, but especially the travel industry. I I think the more that we have students start traveling now, we're going to start to see that effect of a more diverse, a more um, empathetic group of leaders in this industry in the future. But we have to invest now. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us uh, about uh, these days where uh, the funding is coming from. Are, are you still working with individuals? Do you have uh, partners? How is, how is the organization growing in resources? Yeah. So I, you know, I shared earlier, we started off grassroots and we have great support in Texas, in New York, in um, D.C., in Chicago. And, you know, our individual donors nationwide have been amazing. So obviously individual donations, um, we've continued to grow. Um, We've um, had the opportunity over the past couple of years to partner with folks in the industry and outside the industry, including American Airlines, who's our official um, airlines for our um, fundraising series. So when we do these fundraising, uh, fundraising events in different cities, um, Battleface Travel Insurance, um, uh, Dune 7 Marketing, who focuses on travel outside of the industry. Uh, we we did a really cool version of our Travel at Home program in Dallas with the Dallas Mavericks. Um, what else? Uh, Paper Planes, uh, which is a, rock, is a apparel line under Rock Nation. And so, you know, it's really great to see, you know, um, these corporate partners seeing the vision of what we have and supporting how we go about our nonprofit. A really cool moment was last year. I can't believe it's even a year from now, February, 2022. We were on the Kelly Clarkson show. Wow. HEB and Tyler Perry um, came in on board and supported us. So all that to say it's exciting and those are great names, but the cool thing is seeing people, People, both on the corporate level and individuals, seeing the investment that we're making. And um, we really expect another really impactful year this year, too. Yeah, that's amazing. So you have high hopes for 2023. If you look into the future, 25, 2030, that kind of thing, where would you love to see to fly going, uh, either in terms of impact or new programs or, you know, what what's the big dream that you're running after? Yes, we're always, that's like our team, we're, we're daydreaming half of the meeting. So that's <laughs> how we get our crazy ideas. But yeah, no, Two Fly, we see our work as, I, I know this might seem a strong word, but we hope it's revolutionary in, mm. the, in the education space. So on one end, um, we look forward to in the next few years launching our own 
concept focused travel trips. So taking five scholars fully funded who are interested in technology to Japan or five mm-hmm. students that are interested in fashion and we're taking them to Paris or culinary in South America and really tapping into both like education and entrepreneurship and fueling what we're, what we're saying. We want to be able to go and spark the minds of the next, you know, CEO, president, teacher, culinary chef or whatever. And so um, being really intentional about those experiences, um, um, learning experiences, we hope to um, continue to build our travel at home virtual curriculum and implement those in schools nationwide. Mm. We really think it'd be so awesome. You know, we, we say that travel at home bridges the gaps of technology, education and travel. And so it's this right at the, you know, in their classroom at home, they're having the experience of what does it mean to plan a trip and the things that you have to research or, and what are the things that you research and explore while you're there and reflection post trip. And so mm-hmm. we, you know, I, I, I say that we hope to be the Susan Me Coleman or make a wish foundation of travel specifically for students. So that's where we're headed, you know, in our, and the, the need is growing more and more people are reaching out to us to see how, we can partner with them and help. And so we just hope that people continue to uh, support us so that we can do this impactful work. Yeah. If there are people listening now who, you know, maybe they uh, run a tour company, maybe they have a motor coach company or transportation company, they work, you know, in a, a hotel chain, something like that. If, if, if they are getting inspired right now, if they're having ideas about, oh, I wonder if there's a way that we could, uh, you know, not just support financially, but maybe get involved and lend some expertise, lend some, you know, other resources. Are those conversations that you are open to? Absolutely. All the time. We are always forward thinking, um, you know, we're always seeing, you know, right now we are planning for what 2024 looks like. So Mm -hmm. yes. And as long as they love kids like we do and they're all for the impact. Yes. Please email us info at twofoundation.org get a hold of us on our website. We would absolutely love to talk more. Yeah. Wonderful. So uh, what is the best way for people, uh, A, to, to follow you or the organization personally, and then also uh, to get involved on a deeper level? Yep. Um, to fly, T-O-O fly foundation. Um, that's our handle on Facebook, on Instagram, twoflyfoundation.org is our website and you'll get so much information about everything that we do. Info at twoflyfoundation.org is our best email. So as long as you know the name T-O-O Fly Foundation, you'll find us and we'll get right back to you guys. Yeah. Wonderful. We'll link to all of that in the show notes. Uh, Before we let you go, uh, we have some questions we ask everybody and these are just for fun. So no pressure. Let's go. Uh, When you travel, do you book a window seat or an aisle seat? Aisle seat. I'm tall. Oh yeah. You need that leg room. Yeah. I need the leg room. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. So uh, what's something in your carry-on that you wouldn't travel without? Oh, on my carry-on? I mean, instantly my portable charger. Yeah, yeah you don't you don't want to be without your electricity, without your phone, right? As long as your phone is charged, you can buy other stuff. So. That's right. But if that phone runs out of batteries, it's just a brick and it it does you no good. Yeah, you know, that that's that's fair. So besides, okay, if not, if not a um battery, I'm probably going to go with, um, an extra pair of socks. I hate being mm. cold. Oh, smart. <laughs> I hate being cold. Yeah. I hate 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's that's a good tip. Okay. So if you had uh, a free airline pass and a week with nothing else to do, where do you think you would head next? Oh, that is, that's hard. Mm. A week? Nowhere. Okay. I would probably go to maybe Aruba. Mm. I love like, and you know, like in the small part of Aruba, you know, I, I love, you know, there's, Tourism parts have their time and place. I never down it. I'm not a snob, but like there's a small town in Aruba and the people are so kind. It's like this off the beaten path there. I learned so much about their culture and their language and everything. Um, it's just so beautiful. I love water. Mm. I love being here. They also speak sp- um, sometimes Spanish there. So I love to try to go to Spanish speaking countries as much. So I feel like Aruba was like the perfect place of, the Caribbeans, the water, um, the language, the history, the food. So yeah, I think I do. Very cool. Last question. Uh, what is one thing you have seen or done on the road that you wish you could do again with somebody you love? Oh, um, can I share one of my, fa- okay. One of my favorite experiences and I would do it again. Um, when I was in Argentina, it was actually Thanksgiving Day in the U in the States and celebrate Thanksgiving there. But me and my friend took a four hour. No, I think it was even more than that. Probably like six hour bus ride from Argentina to Santiago, Chile. And we were in the front, this double decker. And it was like the coolest thing, the scenery of the mountains and just driving through and, you know, it's Thanksgiving Day. And so while our family is like eating turkey, we're having like Pringles and like <laughs> there's this like beautiful, like indigenous woman next to us. And she gave us her dried, you know, fruits. And pro- and that was just one of those moments where it's like if I, you know, simply just road tripping mm-hmm. ac- along a coast water or through the mountains. I'm not a hiker, but I'll drive through it. Um yeah. You know, it's just one of those things where it's like beauty is just so simple. We didn't need much. And that was just the perfect. And I would definitely do that again with yeah. somebody that sure. uh, That is wonderful. Bola, thank you so much for being with us. It's uh, It's been our pleasure and best of luck uh, for you and uh, the law degree and to fly. And we can't wait to hear uh, all the great things you guys are doing in the future. Thank you so much, Brian, for having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Bola as much as I did. But more than that, I hope you were inspired. I hope you were enlightened. I hope your eyes were opened. And I hope it filled you with, well, hope about the future of travel and the future of tourism and the ways that we can be involved in changing the future for people that may not think they'll ever have the opportunity to enjoy what we do every day. Uh, There were a few things that Bola said that I want to hit again, just to make sure you don't miss them. She said that the Two Fly Foundation is serving students that don't even know that travel is an option for them. And she went on to say, we expose the idea of travel and say, this is a gift that is for you. You know, I'm of the firm belief that all of us who are involved in tourism should be of the mind that tourism and travel and the gift of exploring the world is for everyone. And of course, it's not something that is easy to afford for everyone. But the more that we can do to help people have access to the wonder of travel, the better off they're going to be, 
the better off we're going to be and the better off the entire world is going to be. Bola also said, we're telling kids you deserve to have cool experiences that other kids have. You know, if you can think back to childhood, some of maybe the most difficult or dare I say even traumatic experiences in childhood are often related to seeing things that other people get to have, get to do, get to experience, and not getting to see or do or have or experience those things yourself. And we know that that uh, childhood trauma can follow us long into adulthood. So think about how incredible the opportunity is to be able to prevent some of that trauma from ever happening by telling young people you deserve to have those cool experiences. And it's not just you deserve them, but you're not going to get them because the world is unfair. No, it's you deserve them. And we care enough about you. We love you enough to see to it that you get to have them in spite of your economic challenges. And finally, when uh, she was talking about travel and tourism leadership, Bola said, what would happen if we had a more diverse set of young people who were exposed to travel? I think it's a fantastic question. And based on the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people I've met in tourism over the years that got their start with an experience as a student, I'm willing to bet that if we exposed more people to travel as young people, as students, that uh, 15, 20 years from now, we would have a workforce that is flourishing and diverse and strong and beautiful and amazing. And boy, do we need that. Great stuff there from Bola Idibapo. Well, you heard me talking at the top of the show about Monterey and its decision to basically encourage cruise lines not to come to town. And uh, that is certainly a controversial move. And I have some thoughts about it that are going to be the topic of today's Hot Minute. Yeah, that's right. The Hot Minute is the portion of the show where I take 60 seconds to give you my unfiltered views on an issue impacting travel every day. So let's put 60 seconds on the clock and get into it. There is a crisis in travel right now, and it's a crisis of affordability. Uh, and unfortunately, that crisis has only gotten worse in the past couple of years. And I think decisions like this move in Monterey to essentially push cruise ships out is exacerbating that problem. Now, I love Monterey, but honestly, I think this decision reeks of elitism. You know, a lot of people enjoy cruising in part because it's very affordable and it allows them to visit a lot of places for one pretty low price and those are places they may not get to if they had to travel to each of them individually and we need to be honest here california is expensive monterey is one of the most expensive places in california and by pushing cruises out monterey is making it that much more difficult for budget travelers to visit their city to experience the california coast and i'm afraid that what they're actually saying is we don't want cruise ships here because we don't want cruise ship passengers here now that's not okay, and that's not a message that we should be sending in the tourism industry. That's the way I see it. Of course, you are welcome to disagree, and we will still be friends. And hey, agree, disagree, have additional thoughts, context, rebuttals, questions. I would love to hear from you. You can reach us at podcast at grouptravelleader.com with anything you want to say or ask. I read every email that comes to that address. And hey, you never know. Your thoughts or ideas or opinions may just be the topic of the next hot minute. And hey, while you're in the mood to give us some feedback, would you do me a favor? 
Will you go to your favorite podcast app? And if you're not already subscribed to the show there, hit that subscribe button so you get every new episode without even having to think about it. And while you're there, if you would leave us a rating, give us a review, that would be such a big help. And you would have my thanks for that. My thanks as well to Bola Idibapo for joining us. On the next episode of Gather and Go, we're going to have a great conversation with Jay Smith of Sports Travel and Tours. He's going to tell us all about the role that sports events can play in building a fun and dynamic group travel program. You're not going to want to miss that. Until then, though, remember this. At the end of the day, we're all on this trip together. So let's make it a good one. See you next time on Gather and Go. Gather and Go is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Jewell. Our publisher is Mac Lacey. Donya Simmons is our creative director. Ashley Ricks is our circulation manager and graphic designer. Our sales team is Kyle Anderson and Bryce Wilson. To advertise on the podcast, call Kyle or Bryce at 888-253-0455. Gather and Go is a production of The Group Travel Leader. For more information about our magazines, podcasts, and events, visit us online at grouptravelleader.com.